Now, tonight's guest in the Honky Tonk Time Machine is a guy who's coming to perform for us at the SEMO District Fair on September 14th, and we are excited to have him. Joining us now on the Anthony Service Company phone line is Casey Donahue. Casey, thanks for coming on the show. What's going on? Man, just uh, just surviving. How you guys doing? <laughs> just surviving. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to put it for this day and age, isn't it? <laughs> I'm telling you, just trying to get through another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to get uh, get through a few more here before September 14th rolls around when you'll be performing at the SEMO District Fair for us. Have you ever been this way before? Uh, I, I think that's my first time at that fair. I've spent a lot of time in Missouri and uh, all the surrounding states for sure, but uh, I think that's my first time at that fair. Okay, so that means for a lot of folks, not for all, but for a lot, it might be their first time seeing Casey Donahue put on a show. So with that being said, for the first-timers who haven't gotten to see you yet, what can we expect? What kind of show do you typically bring to, to stuff like this? Man, the, you know the, the the short version is like the greatest time of your life. Other than that, I don't want to I don't want to oversell it. <laughs> but uh, no, you know we've uh, we've been doing this a long time. We we take a lot of pride in that, in our live show and putting on a putting on a putting on a show people want to come back and see and bring their friends to. A lot of crowd involvement, entertainment, and a lot of energy. We don't want to oversell it, but it's going to be the greatest time of your life. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Not to oversell it. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't miss the greatest time you ever have. <laughs> and folks are excited to see it. We've been giving tickets away. People have just been falling all over themselves trying to get the meet and greets that we've been giving out. So keep listening. You might get another chance to win some tickets to the show that night. Now, Casey, I don't know where you'll be coming from directly when you get here on September 14th, but I know you originally hail from the great state of Texas. What part of Texas are you from? We're uh, I've been in Fort Worth, Texas my whole life. Okay. And I know the musical influences there are many. So who would you say were your biggest influences as far as the ones who kind of got you started, got you interested in what you're doing? Man, Pat Green was probably the reason I do what I do now. Uh, actually, a pretty good friend of mine, but he kind of set the tone and the, the direction for, for where my music went. You know, growing up, I was a big country fan for sure a big george Strait fan uh big chris ledoux fan and just uh really love cowboy music country music and uh but pat kind of kind of changed the scene down here in texas and and turned uh turned this scene upside down and, and you know that's uh he kind of led me down the path getting me on this uh on this road i'm on now well i know when he started getting like more national airplay i guess that was like late 90s early 2000s i know that kind of shed the spotlight on texas music a lot more is that what you mean when you say he changed the scene or is there something more specific that he did in texas that kind of changed everything well it just made it possible for independent artists to 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 really be successful i mean that's a guy who sold a million records out of out of uh out of the back of his truck before he had a a record label or anybody else so it did kind of it kind of laid a laid the uh, blueprint out where you could go out and make a living playing music and not have to play by uh, a record label's rules, I guess. And that's something that you've been able to do throughout your career. Yeah, we've uh, we've maintained our our own control. I get to I get to pick what clothes I wear, and I get to pick uh, what songs I sing, and. <laughs> My wife's been our manager the whole time, and, uh, you know, it's really a family-run business. What's that like, having your wife kind of manage things for you? It's the best. Is it? 
<laughs> no, she's she's actually unbelievable. Some people will question how how, how you work together, and uh, you know, there's stressful moments. Don't get me wrong, because there's a there's a lot of moving parts to make this happen. But you know, I always know that uh, when a deal gets done or, or something's being worked on, that there's no doubt about whose best interest uh, my manager has in the back of her head. That's for sure. She's always going to have your corner, no matter what, right? Always. Yeah. So how'd you get started as a musician, Casey? I mean, I guess, you know, Pat Green was the influence, but then, you know, when did you decide this was going to be for you? You know, I wrote songs before I played guitar, just in high school. I guess there were songs. There were songs in my head. And then uh, tried to pick the guitar up when I was uh, 13, 14, and didn't stick. And then I uh, went to college, and my uh, college roommate was actually uh, uh, a veteran uh, who had come back from uh, – the Gulf Wars, and he played guitar, and kind of, I got this, got the bug again, and borrowed a guitar from my grandpa who played, and uh, just taught myself how to play guitar, and then started putting songs to it, and then a couple years later, we were, we were hitting stages, and then, uh, man, just never looked back. You talk about the the Pat Greens and the Chris Ledoux's, and what I love about your music is you've never shied away from giving them props in your music, and, and kind of mentioning them in, in your songs, and and kind of making sure you keep their legacy alive. Not that they necessarily need that to keep the legacy alive, but it, it's nice to kind of pay homage to them. Oh, man, you know, those those are guys, you know, both of those guys really, uh, the way they could hold a crowd was uh, one of the things that really inspired me. And, you know, I try to try to make that part of my, my career, and hopefully you've done a, a decent job of doing that. But they were fantastic on stage and, and really drew people in and, and people uh, – you know, believed in them and, and believed uh, believed their stories. You know, and that's that's kind of something I always wanted to be was authentic. And uh, hopefully, we, we've accomplished some 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 semblance of that. I'm just a Southeast Missouri guy, so I might not be the most knowledgeable on the subject. But it seems like about right now, and maybe over the last year or two, that Texas country is is starting to become a little bit more mainstream, or or people want to hear that Texas country a little bit more on a national level. Are you noticing that yourself? Yeah, I think it's been trending that way for, for a while now, you know, and we've had guys break out. I mean, you got the Parker McCollum's of the world who are, you know, he's a, you know, he's a superstar, you know, from Texas. So, you you know, you got Cody Johnson and these guys that have better came from Texas and this Texas scene and now, you know, making waves nationally. So it's, it's all been one big, uh, big, big groundswell for, for, uh, you know, I'd say the last 10 years, I think. I think it's important to have at least one big name out of Texas on the national country scene, whether, you know, over the years, whether it's been Waylon Jennings, George Strait, Willie Nelson, now we got Cody Johnson, like you said. I, mean, I think it's important to have that Texas representation uh, because it seems like now it's Texas that's really keeping that traditional sound alive. If not for Texas, we might not have that at this point. You know, it's uh, in country music, it's a tricky thing these days. I don't, I'm not sure you can define it anymore. So yeah. I just, uh, I try to make music that I like and music that, that you know, I've been lucky. I, I, I sing and, and write most of our songs, and, uh, you know, I, I do stuff that I like, and I just, I've been fortunate for, for almost 20 years now that I, that I found some other people that like it too. Well, you mentioned Parker. I'd say he's kind of broken out at this point. Any other Texas singers on your mind that might be on the verge of a national breakout? Anybody that comes to mind for you? Uh, you know, uh, I'm pretty good buddies with Co Wetzel. Yeah. Uh, 
He's uh, he's out there on his own spaceship, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's definitely a rock star. And there's no doubt about that. Funny you bring him up. He was just here at the Sykes and JC Boot Hill Rodeo, part of a stellar lineup, and he was definitely the most anticipated of the week. So I'd say that's a good choice. You talked about kind of writing music. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you write most of your own material, don't you? Uh, yeah, I'd say through the years, probably 90% or better 90%. Of, uh, okay. of the 130-something songs we've recorded. And like any other songwriter I've talked to, I'm sure you're no different, just drawing inspiration for those songs on your experiences in everyday life. Yeah, you know, just everyday life. I'm always uh, always making notes, always uh, ideas, and, uh, you know, it gets tougher as you go, for sure. You try not to repeat yourself too much, but... Uh, you know, just just living my life and trying to find those uh, little lines in life that, that, that create songs. That being said, the single that we're playing right now of yours, which I love, by the way, Telling on My Heart, was written by a couple of other guys, big names, Kip Moore and David Lee Murphy. That is correct. That's one of those ones I did not write. Uh, me and Kip wrote a bunch of songs for, for this new record, and uh, he had this song, and uh, he, you know, he originally wrote it like in 2012, and it was going to be his first single, and Huh. Somehow it just kind of got shelved, and uh, and he uh, he wanted me to record it. So you know, when Kip asked for uh, asked you to record a song, you, it's usually a good one. So let's let's go. Is what I said. How far does that relationship go back with you and Kip? Uh, you know, five, six, seven years probably. Now we we met at a red carpet event and then just kind of uh, kept in touch, and then uh, played a few shows, and uh, just he's one of my favorite guys. Uh, that that's still up there in that Nashville scene, I guess. I, I don't even I don't I don't consider him a Nashville guy at all. He kind of does his own thing. He's kind of like the Bruce Springsteen of country music to me. But uh, great, great musician, crazy talented guy. You can kind of tell that he does like to do his own thing. And if radio wants to play it, fine. If not, fine. He's just going to kind of keep being him, right? And that's kind of what you have to yeah, do. Yeah, it's awesome, man. The way he handles it's fantastic. So he uh, he. Uh, He's definitely doing his own thing. The other writer I mentioned, David Lee Murphy, he's one of the best songwriters in Nashville. He could still have a, a recording career probably if he wanted to, but he seems to be content to just kind of keep pumping him out from a writing standpoint. Have you gotten to meet, talk, work with him at all? No, I haven't, but um, I would love to. I recorded another one of his songs on my last record, so I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, I, we've had him on the show before. He's kind of a local guy for us. He's from right across the river in Heron, Illinois, and just a really great down-to-earth dude, so... And, and he can write a good song, too. No doubt about it. So what was it about Telling on My Heart, then, that jumped out to you and made you want to record it? And I think it's a great story. And just, you know, through the years, I've kind of been more of, uh, and, I, and I don't have a good reason why, but I've been more of the uh, the heartbreak uh, songwriter. Mm-hmm. So kind of struggle. Uh, I, I feel like I struggle writing love songs. And, uh, you know, it's good to put a love song out every once in a while, but... Uh, you know, it's one of those things I'm always kind of looking for a great love song song to record, and, and that one just immediately jumped out and just, you know, just felt like a hit. I get it. The good love song comes along, you got to jump on it because the good ones are a lot harder to come by. Now, as far as the heartbreak songs, not that every country song has to be about heartbreak, but certainly those types of songs seem to define country music, and I think that's why songs like that resonate with me as a fan of country I like to hear those heartbreak songs every once in a while. Yeah, that's kind of my thing. So I, I usually fill up a record with some heartbreak, and uh, so it's it's a, it's, <laughs> it's kind of the mode I usually end up writing in. And, uh, so, so 
uh, love songs kind of uh, elude me. There's just something about those crying in your beer songs going all the way back to the whiny twang of Hank Williams or just the pedal steel guitar, which I think is vital on a country record. Like, I think you have to use that in some way if you're making an album, which leads me to one of my favorite songs of yours. You want to talk about a heartbreak song, Bad Guy. The honesty and vulnerability of it from your standpoint, kind of opening up and saying, hey, these are all my faults. If you take a chance on me, you probably will get your heart broken, I think is a really cool way to go about writing a song. Yeah, that's that's probably one of my favorite songs that I've ever written. It just, really? Uh, I, I don't know uh, how that came, that came about. I was actually in London when I wrote that song without a guitar. I just sang it into my phone and wrote pretty much the whole thing and then came back and put it to put it to some music and, you know, never even worked on it. It was just kind of done. So it was, uh, it seems like sometimes the good ones happen like that. It doesn't seem like coming out and saying all your bad qualities and, and telling people that you're such a bad dude would make people like you, but something, something <laughs> about putting it in song <laughs> seems to work. <laughs> yeah. You can tell the truth and people not sure it's you or, uh, you or you made it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell the truth. So, you know, we've talked about a few of your songs, but like if you had to pick one, and I know you've had a long career, and it doesn't have to be a a radio hit or whatever, and maybe it is Bad Guy, but if you had to pick one of your songs that kind of represented Casey Donahue and Casey Donahue's music throughout history, could you pick one, or is there there one that you'd have in mind that you'd like to be that that legacy song? God, that's that's really tough, man, because I... What we do is so different. I do do these slow, sad, heartbreaking songs, but then, you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, up on top with all these high-energy, crowd-involved kind of anthems. So I'm not sure it'd be a, you know, uh, you know, I'd probably need two, one on each spectrum. But, you know, I mean, the, the song that's driven this thing for, you know, since the beginning is White Trash Story, and it's just... Uh, it would probably have to be, that would probably sum up uh, my musical career, I would think. I like it. That's a good choice. And we play it on the show, maybe might be a good time to put the kids in bed, but you picked it, so we're playing it for sure. Tell me about the new project you're working on. Can we expect new music out from you soon? Uh, well, Built Different just came out probably three or four months ago, so I haven't gotten the studio, but I do have a record pretty much written, I think, and so... It's just finding the time to get in there and get a get a record done. So I, I would feel like we'll have a record out in 2023. Would be my guess because I because I got one done and ready to go. At least we'll have some new music out. There's no doubt about that. And built different, by the way, which is the title track to your current album out now is uh, really good. I just uh, listened to that and I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a it's an anthem about people who love love the anthem. So no doubt, no doubt. So the last thing I got for you, Casey, and I'm going to start doing this with all my guests who come on because I just like to get their opinions on things. Give me your Mount Rushmore of country music. That's top four artists of all time. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's go with, uh, let's go with George Strait. Okay. Let's go with, uh, Merle Haggard. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Waylon Jennings, I think. And then I'm going to put my, uh, on the outside edge, I'm going to go back to, to some, some Elvis Presley. So we'll, we'll go with that direction. Oh, wow. Whether you want to say Elvis was a, started out country, so I'm going to throw him in there. I love that, actually. Um, threw me a curveball on that one. You're talking to a pretty big Elvis fan right here. So he actually has a new on- movie. 
Yeah, that was it was a good movie. He's not on my Mount Rushmore, but maybe I should put him on there. Yeah, and the greatest of all time. So yeah. it's the greatest singer, the greatest singer of all time. So you can't keep him off any list. I love your Mount Rushmore. We only differed on two, but I, I love it. I had George and Merle <laughs> on mine as well. So okay. Casey, uh, anything else you want to add to your fans who are coming out to see you on September 14th at the SEMO District Fair? No, we're just we're looking forward to, to getting up in Missouri, and I uh, can't wait to come up there and put on a show. We sure appreciate you coming on and talking with us. It was nice kind of getting to know you a little bit, the, the man behind the scenes, and we can't wait to see you on uh, Wednesday the 14th, Casey. Okay, buddy. Thank you. Thank you.